G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You have got to honour some courageous groups that are doing what they can to curb the demand of human trafficking. Well, one of those groups is the Fighting for Justice Foundation who are addressing the prevalence of gender-based violence through social and legislative reform. Now, they're growing in influence through advocacy and education and outreach projects in the Australasia region. Andrea Takaji is the founding director, an international human rights advocate lawyer and a PhD candidate on the international crime of human trafficking and how to curb its demand from an international human rights perspective. And Andrea's back with us today to talk about a new initiative. Hello, Andrea. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks so much for having me, Neil. Andrea, always so many dimensions uh, to try and cover in such a short space of time. But let's start with this new project that you've launched in Canberra. It's called the Vulnerable Women's Outreach Project. What are you trying to do? Yeah, great question. So uh, recognising that uh, there are vulnerable women in our community in places uh, that encourage and exacerbate violence against them. So, for example, Australia um, has very strong policy, a zero-tolerance policy against domestic violence. And yet, at the same time, we've legalised violence against women through things such as the legalisation of prostitution. And so we know that um, in in these workplaces that vulnerable women are... um, exploited or uh, coerced into the industry. Um, For example, we know that 50% of women who get into uh, the industry are homeless. We know that 75% are single mums just trying to uh, figure out how how to live and feed their babies. And so out of this, we have a situation where not only are vulnerable women exploited and targeted, but they experience ongoing uh, exploitation and abuse and trauma. So it's into these situations that uh, we seek to go to offer uh, referral services, um, build trust relationships and ask women if um, they need assistance in any way. Andrea, it is, as you say, a dramatic contradiction to have legalised prostitution but then uh, in the next breath to be up in arms about violence against women because it really is something that is very, very hard to support because uh, what you say is absolutely true. Yeah, we also know through international studies that... um, 80% of women who are in the industry have experienced a childhood sexual abuse. So you could also make that argument that they grew up in an environment where grooming occurred quite early in terms of um, how they see themselves uh, and their worth and their value, their dignity. And unfortunately, 
um, when women are abused and uh, traumatized in this way, the respect, the value, the dignity of a person is stolen so deeply that it often takes years and often a lifetime to restore back to a person. Now, the project that you're getting underway, Vulnerable Women's Outreach Project, uh, this is something that you're doing, something very practical. And while you ordinarily, in the sorts of things that you train people and women to be doing, uh, advocacy mm-hmm. and legal uh, level uh, advice that people can have about their rights, uh, mm-hmm. what you're doing is something very, very straightforward and that everyone could really be involved in, the idea of providing pamper packs for women. Uh, tell us what you're going to be doing with this Vulnerable Women's Outreach Project. Frankly, I believe that there's no point in doing a PhD (laughs) in how to curb the prevalence of gender-based violence if I'm not going to put it into practice. And in fact, you know, straight away, uh, why wait? So this is a very practical way to address the prevalence of gender-based violence in my own community. Um, And of course, this uh, environment creates a demand for trafficked persons. So at the moment, I'm building a team and I've started to train this team. So we've got week, weekly training sessions on things such as international human rights law, what does gender equality mean, um, you know, how to identify a vulnerable, exploited person and how to respond to such situations. We talk about self-care and safety and all sorts of things. And it's a collaborative effort. So we're working with various other stakeholders locally and ensuring that the project itself uh, is a standalone project that many people can be a part of in terms of uh, volunteering either their time or resources. So we are looking to put together pamper packs, and this is just a way to connect with women and, again, bring back some dignity, worth and value into those conversations and say, hey, we're a listening ear. We're here to help if you need it and if you choose to ask for it. And it's just that point of contact and, of course, providing them with further information, referral flyers and and uh, various things into our community. And you're going to be doing this outreach into registered, legalised brothels and escort agencies in Canberra. Uh, I imagine that the brothel owners are not necessarily all that excited about you being there. Look, uh, under a legalised uh, model of prostitution, which uh, what Canberra has, and un- under a regulatory system, they do have, uh, for example, the ACT sexual health clinic go in with um, the SWAP, another uh, cohort co- called the Sex Worker um, Outreach Program. Unfortunately, they don't do that much outreach. <laughs> And it is at the invitation of the owners. So this, this is an environment where um, not all girls will receive this service and uh, not all um, workplaces will be regulated within the year period. So there's a real high chance that there are vulnerable women uh, and in fact sometimes underage girls as well in these places that don't have access to services. And in fact, if they are exploited, we obviously know that they have lesser of a chance to access services that they require to help them. So this is a way of uh, bringing a women's rights outreach program to where they are and an opportunity to connect with them uh, in a way that uh, initiates, first of all, relationship, uh, you know, and and through that relationship, um, building trust and dignity 
uh, back to the woman, restoring that for her and um, making sure that she understands her rights and she knows the services available to her. And um, every woman has that right. Andrea, I imagine that people who are running legalised brothels in all the capital cities or towns around Australia, they might have a different idea of what an exploited woman looks like. And they probably all argue that they don't exploit women. But uh, there is a, I imagine, a, a Christian idea of how you actually might uh, mark off some criteria that say this is what exploitation really is. Is there a difference in what uh, you might see as exploitation or the, what brothel owners would see as exploitation? In fact, victims of exploitation often don't self-identify as being exploited. And this is really pl- problematic because, um, you know, we have a situation where if a victim doesn't realise they are um, being exploited, then what chances are they of uh, speaking out or reaching out to various services? And so we know for a fact, um, not only under human rights principles, uh, but also through Christian values, that if if one person seeks to lord over, rule over, control another, um, that is in fact a part of that exploitation. And so, um, you know, God has given each one dignity, worth and value in and of ourselves. So each person uh, has that value um, individually in his sight and has the same authority, you know, as he has given to all and has the same rights and responsibilities. But of course, in in a um, unequal power balance, what occurs is that power shifts. And um, we can find many examples of that. And this power imbalance is what often leads to abuse and exploitation, we can apply these same principles into domestic violence cases. That's often the reason why these these situations erupt into a very violent situation. A wonderful insight today into an intelligent way that Christian believers can participate in a ministry, and this one called a Vulnerable Women's Outreach Project, Our guest is Andrea Takaji. She's the founding director of the Fighting for Justice Foundation. We'll talk some more about exploitation, about brothels in Australia and overseas in the Australasian context. Back with more in just a short while. We're taking some time to explore something that's happening in one of our capitals. And we're talking about a national capital, Canberra, where there's a project that's been launched called the Vulnerable Women's Outreach Project. And it's a project that goes into legalised brothels and helps women understand their rights, but also be cared for in a Christian spirit. Andrea Takaji is our guest. She is the founding director of Fighting for Justice Foundation. Andrea, you're running programs that are training people to be involved in the sort of work that you're doing. Uh, What sort of response are you receiving from people to participate in your training? We've had a great response thus far in, in the training. So it's really important not only for educational purposes and raising awareness uh, insofar as understanding uh, what gender equality looks like, what uh, human trafficking is, 
um, and what the rights of women are, which are principles and um, uh, learning that people can apply into so many areas, but it's also a practical application into an outreach setting. So how to identify a vulnerable person and how to respond to that vulnerability. Okay, let's talk about one of those aspects. Identifying a vulnerable person, are there particular characteristics that you look for uh, that actually do identify someone who is vulnerable when they're working in a brothel? Uh, There are definite indicators. And obviously a lot of the indicators are what you would call a response to the emotional intelligence gut feeling (laughs) that you may have. So you would look for signs. Um, You would look for signs uh, in facial expression, in body language, in uh, even the way the person stands or dresses. Uh, and, And we know in social settings, when we go, for example, to a barbecue with friends, we can see someone who's had a rough week. Um, They may disclude themselves from the group. They may look upset. They may uh, be extra sensitive to touch or to sound. And all of these things are indicators um, not only of vulnerability, but sometimes of trauma as well. So these indicators are important. And we know that there was a case in the US recently where an air hostess who had been trained in identifying vulnerable people, uh, picked these cues up. There was a young girl, dishevelled, travelling with an older man on the plane and she very cleverly left a little note in the bathroom for the girl. Are you okay? Do you need help? And the girl responded to this note, replied to it in the bathroom in privacy and returned to her seat. The air hostess returned to the uh, cubicle and found the note and alerted authorities. The authorities were waiting for that man, in fact her trafficker, when the plane landed. So it's really powerful um, to be not only informed but to understand not only these cues but how to handle it in a safe way because this air hostess was also trained in not placing the victim in further danger and that's really important to consider Um, but in a safe healthy way reaching out and offering help or advice if they need it. Andrea, not all of our listeners are going to be able to be part of your training in Canberra. Are there some resources that you'll have on your website that people can access uh, wherever they might be around Australia? I, I write blogs weekly about not only the work that we do, but kind of uh, short academic papers around these subjects, wrestling with these human rights issues in a deep way. And um, uh, signing up to those uh, blogs a really important step in keeping informed. And you're wanting people to form into intercessory teams. You want people to pray for women who find themselves in an exploitation situation. Absolutely. So we never work alone. We work in collaboration with pre-existing services. We partner with organisations and professionals. We not only skill up and train up our own team, but we seek to... um, 
train up a team that has a holistic approach to our outreach. So, for example, those who will stay behind and intercede, those who will stand guard and uh, be the lookout people, and those who will be the team leaders overseeing uh, and managing the outreach, and, of course, the volunteers who actually go in. And so I'm looking for to build the team and, and for people passionate in those areas, but also to provide things such as... Um, uh, you know, products that we could put in our pamper packs for women that would bless them. What sort of things are you wanting people to provide? Because you've got a call out for people to donate for your pamper packs. Yeah, so it would be anything that you think a lady would like to receive and it would bless her. So we're not looking for um, old uh, used products, but we are looking for things that maybe lying around the house um, you received as a Christmas gift. So, you know, um, really nice hand moisturiser or nail polish or, um, you know, if you want to make a nice card with an encouraging message in it, things like that that will encourage a person and um, really bless them. And you're not wanting to leave men out of the sort of opportunity to volunteer here and while I imagine that most people who'd be involved will be women you did mention the need for security and yeah. and uh, some men are going to be useful in uh, providing some security when there are circumstances that might need uh, a man standing by. Mm, absolutely I, I would welcome all men really to take the training because uh, on a Saturday afternoon, we get together and we're looking into these issues in a thorough way. And the the training will provide information for um, not only these outreach programs, but for all of life. And so it's important for men even to engage in this issue and to understand why, how women uh, become vulnerable and why uh, they may appear to choose a profession that does harm them physically, psychologically, emotionally, and, um, you know, how what their role is, how they can change uh, their community for the better. And for men to have these conversations with men, that is extremely powerful. And you're launching your Vulnerable Women's Outreach Project in Canberra. Uh, are you planning to extend the arms of some extra chapters of what you're doing into other capital cities? Absolutely. So this outreach project uh, is based in Canberra at this stage because of the need here. Um, but I strongly believe that all jurisdictions not only need this outreach, but also need the follow-up services. So we don't at this stage have exit programs for women who want to exit the industry at all in, in Australia. And we know that this has been a really successful model overseas in various countries. And so look, going into these places and, and uh, seeing firsthand the need is one step towards providing uh, future services for vulnerable women in terms of rehabilitation and reintegration into community. Well, it's a different development than what we ordinarily might talk about when we discuss 
some Christian service to those who are involved in uh, exploitation situations in brothels. And uh, Andrea Takaji, uh, a new initiative, and I'm sure you'll be wanting to hear from people uh, who'd like to give you some feedback and who'd like to become partners with you in what you're doing. Uh, Andrea's an international human rights advocate. She's founding director of Fighting for Justice Foundation. There is a website and Andrea did mention that she's writing regular blogs so that you can keep up with some of the details, so you can get your own training in some sense if you're not available to be there on site in Canberra. The website is fightingforjusticefoundation.com. That's fightingforjusticefoundation.com. And Andrea Takaji, always good getting your insights into these important issues. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you so much for your time, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au. (laughs) 